Welcome to the Diamond Digest podcast. Uh, it is March 28th today, big day in the baseball world, big day for us here. Uh, I'm Dennis Ackerman. I'm uh, the Orioles writer for Diamond Digest. Uh, we have Brian Schlosser, who is the Rockies. Brian, what do you do? Is it just Rockies or you do Rockies and Angels too? Rockies and Angels. Right, right. And uh, Griffin Metters, who does White Sox and maybe I'll sprinkle in some Cubs here and there. Um, we have an awesome show here, something that um, came up out of nowhere and really um, we were more than willing to jump on this uh, surprising opportunity to interview AJ Burnett, um, longtime major leaguer, uh, retired in 2015. Uh, we got a lot of a lot of good stories from him. Um, a great guy. Um, I couldn't have asked for anything more and uh, I definitely expect him to be back in the future. Um, but uh, here it is, AJ Burnett. All right, we are here with a uh, 17-year major leaguer, um, a guy who was an All-Star, World Series champion, played for the Marlins, Blue Jays, Yankees, Pirates, and Phillies. Uh, AJ Burnett, AJ, it's awesome to have you on the program. Yeah, guys, thanks for uh, getting a hold of me and getting me on here. Absolutely. Uh, the 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 reason we uh, we got you was actually you know, a bit of a bit of luck on our part because uh, we, we made a tweet uh, saying that you have the most walks and a no hitter, which you obviously corrected us and uh, and told us that you don't have the record for most walks and a no hitter. I mean, I might. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the whole nine inning, ten inning thing, right? Like that's the. Maybe, that's the difference. Thing, yeah. Maybe maybe I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, for nine innings you got the, no, record, the hey, nine walks, I mean, but I mean, I had um, I've had guys over my career, so I, I've come close a couple times to getting near that um, eighth inning in Chicago once, I think seventh uh, in Houston maybe, but I always want to throw another one to try to make it a little cleaner. You know, just always <laughs> mess with guys, you know, and they're like, dude, it's a no hitter. You know, I'm like, who cares? I'm like, I was about to say no hitters and no hitter. Who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now now I kind of take pride in it, you know, so. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe I do. I don't know if the, it's a, if it's a. Uh, I mean, I, maybe I share it with with him. I forgot the guy's <laughs> name. Maloney, I think it was, right? Or somebody had ten. Jim Maloney, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, was that just yeah. something that you knew off the top of your head, or like? I just remember when I did it. Um, somebody wrote about me being one away. Okay. From mm-hmm. breaking the record, so okay. when I saw that tweet, I was like, wait a minute. And the first thing that came back in my mind was that that writer told me I was one away. No way, no way. So then I got in there. And, so, I mean, in a way, I guess, yeah, I do for a nice hey, game for sure. Yeah. Right. For what it's worth, I mean, if you walk three in that game, your your note hair wouldn't come up as often. So <laughs> Exactly. Right? I was, <laughs> now people talk about it a lot. I was going to tweet it, but since you asked me on here, you forgot to mention I also hit a guy. So, <laughs> so I, mean, I, I guess if you had <laughs> in, yeah, then you're right. either. If we're going strictly off base runners, then you're right up there with Maloney. So... <laughs> We were talking the very next day with Charles Johnson, and uh, and he was like, "Man, he goes, AJ, I, I didn't know until like seventh inning, bro. We had a no hitter going." I was like, well, "I'm like, what do you mean?" He goes, "Dude, we had a we had a runner at second base every inning." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I no idea. He's given like, multiple right, signs right. the whole game. I mean, I mean, it doesn't feel like a no hitter then. I don't even know if I had a clean inning that game. I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I don't even know if I did. <laughs> I mean, you bring up Charles Johnson. I mean, he was uh, he was a great catcher. Uh, spent a lot of years in Florida. Did you have um, a specific guy that you loved throwing to more than anybody else throughout your career? Um, you know what? I got spoiled with a, with a handful of good ones. You know, um, uh, Charles was great. Um, and from there, it went, you know, I had Rod Brahas. Uh, you know, he caught for a while at Arizona. Great, great behind the plate, man. And then Russell Martin, you know, by far, just, you know, one of my favorites, the beast. And then I had Cervelli right after that. So I've, I've been. I've been kind of spoiled with who I've been had behind the plate. Um, but, you know, I mean, Russell, Russell, maybe Russell and, and Ross, uh, mm-hmm. Ross, I'm sorry, Rod, those two are probably uh, up there with being tied for, for my favorites. Uh, Rod, Rod had a way of keeping me loose. Like Rod knew when I was about to, I think, blow, you know, so mm-hmm. Rod was really a laid back, really laid back player until you flipped his switch. Um, but yeah, Russell had the eyes through the mask where I could just, I just, I had confidence in whatever the dude, for some reason, the way he looked at you through the mask just gave you, you know, whether it's a curveball, I knew I could throw it in the dugout, you know, to the other team and Russ is going, he's going to find a way to block it, you know? Yeah. So it was just one of those things that just clicked with pitchers. So 
like I said, Cervelli was great too. Jorge was great. I mean, I've been spoiled with a bunch of great guys. So no, but no bad catches on my end. That's great. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, in ter in terms of catching, like I, I know there's a lot that gets talked about now when you're talking about how valuable a game caller is, like a Martin Maldonado or a Jeff Mathis. So, I mean, those those are the Jeff Mathis. I think is a career like two twelve hitter, and he's been playing for fifteen years. Those guys really as valuable as they say. I mean, from my point of view, yeah, yeah. There's um, there's some guys that just can't throw to some guys for some reason, you know. And I don't know if it's personalities or if it's just they don't click or you know intimidation factor on one end or the other end. You know, not everybody's gonna. Some people are gonna butt heads. Not everybody's gonna just uh, be able to work with everybody. So those guys like like Matt that can reach people. Um, you know, another uh, Ross. Um, help me out here, uh, David Ross. Uh, mm -hmm. another, another another good one and, and salty you know those guys you know not known so much for their offense though they can hit when they need to but more so for just you know working with unbelievable pitchers and getting them locked in and, and that's a value in my opinion absolutely mm -hmm. hopefully your hopefully your other hitters can can break you know but, uh, <laughs> um, you know you got a, you got a horse on the mound um i mean that that's that's priority number one you know you got to establish the game with him um and that happens behind the plate too Mm -hmm. So how, how closely do you follow uh, Major League Baseball now? You've been retired since 2015. Do you do you still follow it like I just closely? Texted, or... I just texted Jordy Mercer today and said, "Are you a Tiger?" <laughs> 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 because you know, I don't know when he when he became one, but I saw Mickey's uh, Instagram and I saw Jordy walk by and he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Man, I need to keep up more." <laughs> I don't watch it as much. Um, I watch the playoffs. Of course, I don't miss, miss an inning in the playoffs. Um, but, like, as far as the season, I have my players that my, I watch. And, uh, you know, I keep an eye on the teams I played for, of course. Um, you just kind of follow old teammates. More, more so guys that I really had, had huge impacts with on the field and, and keep up relationships with, you know, more than anything. And then, you know, I got to follow Pitt and, and New York and, and teams that I played for as well. So, but – as far as yeah, I'm out of the loop on a lot of the things. I mean, I had, uh, I had some guys text me about some of these rules, and I was like, "Is this for real? Is this is this for real? You know, where have I been? You know, I don't, this." So, uh, been out of the loop for a little bit as far as that, but I, I got an idea what's going on. As far as I tell like, you what, I tell you what, I see that dough being thrown around. <laughs> I do see that. Oh yeah. So as far as like you, you did it right for yourself though. I, I don't thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I fooled a few people. Yeah. <laughs> As far as like rules and stuff, like you mentioned, uh, for like pace of play, how do you, how do you feel about things like that, where they're trying to like get pitch clocks and like mound visits and stuff like that? Man, I'd have to look more into it before I really, you know, give a hundred percent answer on it. But it's like gut feeling is is maybe it ain't all the pitcher, you know. I, I don't know. I, like I said, I haven't really sat down and watched a big league game from start to finish um, in a while. You know, just every inning, every pitch. So I, I have to do that and check it out. Um, but I mean, it just seems like a lot of rushing, you know, like a lot, like a lot of our on the mound, like our job is to be prepared. You know, our job is to, to execute. And, you know, now you're putting a clock on that. Now you're putting, you're trying to speed up our, our execution plans or our, you know, whatever. And I don't necessarily know if it's pitchers that need a pitch clock, you know, I mean, you can get them hitters in the box. <laughs> you know, that's, that's one thing I'm not shy about. You know, a lot of the guys I play with, you know, they, they love it because I pick on them. I'm always like, man, it's a hitter's game, man. It's a hitter's game, man. It's a hitter's game. So um, I had to throw it in there. But, I mean, it, it probably would help. But I think there's a lot of things, you know, I'm still not sold on this replay, guys. I mean, I know it's helped here and there, but uh, I'm still not sold that that's not slowing everything down a bunch, mm -hmm. too. So I think they got a lot to, to talk about, a lot to incorporate before they make any decisions, though, for sure. Mm -hmm. You talk about, you know, being – prepared on the mound and being uh ready to pitch one of the guys who i know had a huge impact on your career and and definitely in terms of your your mental makeup on the mound was roy halliday um obviously you know the tragedy that happened in the last year and getting voted into the hall of fame i mean what what's that like for you how, how do you um how's that been in terms of his effect on your life roy helped me grow up <laughs> let's just put it that way that's a good way to put it even mm -hmm. though i didn't always uh, after that but uh he <laughs> helped me um especially on the field though more than anything like roy had a huge impact on on what i what i needed to see myself as as a major leaguer you know not just the pitcher that, that pitches you know but but on and off the field um 
in between the games, you know, on the mound, you know, in the clubhouse, in between your starts. I mean, all this stuff, you know, I, I didn't really have anybody like that until I got around Roy. You know, we were young in Florida. You know, we had some veterans, but, you know, they were five-year, you know, veterans. You know, six-year, they weren't really, like, holidays. So when I saw that dude and kind of realized what he was all about, um, we, we kind of helped, helped each other out in a bunch of regards. But he really um, figured out a way to, to help me see what I needed to do and what I needed to be in order to, you know, succeed at a more high level than did before. Like his, his, his work ethic, you know, I had a great work ethic, you know, but <laughs> this dude was an animal. Um, <laughs> and I thought I was an animal. But, I, you know, and there's days where I get on him too, like, hey, man, you need a day off too, you know, and then back and forth. But uh, the relationship that we had was, was great, man. It was to be able to watch that dude just, just, just to watch him. I'll just say watch him because it goes beyond, you know, we all know what he did on the field, but just to watch him day in and day out, it's pretty amazing. Well, and there's not a lot of guys in baseball in the last, you know, however long that are universally liked and everybody who you hear talk about them say the same thing. And I mean, well, Roy Halladay is one of those guys. Yeah, he was a pro, man. Like he, he did things right, you know, and I know he had a stint where he had to go back to the minors and it was a rough ride getting back up and, and, you know, he woke up when he got around uh, Mel Queen. He helped him, dropped his arm slot, and then he become un- ungodly, unhittable, mm-hmm. you know. But um, he's, um, he's a special breed, man. Like, like he never disrespected the game. You know, I hate to say it because I'm sure he did, but <laughs> I don't know if he ever did anything wrong. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I just don't know. I mean, it's, maybe maybe he need to take a few more days off here or there. It's about the only thing that I can pick on him about. Uh, mm. uh, maybe to relax a little bit in between the games. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a little bit, but <laughs> just uh, just just who he was and what he's about. You know, you can't not like him. And I think the respect that he has is just his fierce com- competitor that he was. Just took over the world. Like and when he got to Philly, it was just you know then the, then the you know they got to see what Toronto saw and then you saw him go off there. So just uh, just one of a kind for sure. Mm. You, you talk about uh, the impact uh, you ha- or he had on you, rather. Uh, is there a spe- specific story that you like uh, between the two of you? I mean, not necessarily the impact, but something that you uh, will never forget just between the two of you. Man, I will never forget the first time that I contrasted with that dude. Because first of all, I never contrasted before. <laughs> um, and he was huge on it. And you guys know what that is, the hot, cold, hot, cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was our first homestand in Toronto in 06, you know, and I kind of, we didn't really do much of it in the spring. You know, we're, spring's really busy. It's hectic. You're kind of everywhere. Uh, once you get to the clubhouse and the, and the season starts, you can kind of calm down. We're in there just kind of, I don't know what, after a workout or something, you know, and it's quiet for about five minutes. And he looks at me and he's like, so, AJ, what's your approach? And I'm thinking. I'm like, my approach? What do you mean? You know, I'm going to throw as hard as I can. Hopefully, I get ahead and I'm going to throw a curveball, man. What do you mean? That's my approach. And he, I never seen him laugh so hard all spring than he laughed in that hot tub. And I'm like, what, I'm like, what do you mean, my approach? That's, that's what I did. I threw hard. And if I got ahead, you know, I tried to strike you out. And he thought that was the best thing ever that he's ever heard. And then I asked him his approach, and it was like, 20 minute conversation about, you know, what this goes to that. And this leads up to this and this and this. What if this don't, you know, you got backup here and this. And I'm like, it's going to be fun. This is going to be great. Um, <laughs> and that's about how he was, man. He had, he had stuff written down. He, I don't even think you need to look at it though. Cause he had it all upstairs, you know, majority of the time. Um, but I'll never forget that conversation, man, because that boy lit up when I, when I told him what my approach was. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it was what his approach used to be before he figured it out. So that's probably yeah. what he laughed about. And another I mentioned a while ago about the uh, helping each other out, which another story I know you just asked, but um, it was after um, after my last game in Toronto. Um, I was unsure whether I was coming back or not, you know, um, and, and he sat down by me after I came out and I just kind of looked at him. And I was like, I just want to thank you, man. You know, if I don't get the chance, I just want to thank you for everything you did, you know, and he looked right back at me. He goes, man, I think I need to be thanking you. And there you go. This is one of the doc statements. You know, what could you possibly be thanking me for? Your Roy Halliday, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I was like, all right, what do you got? You know, and he's like, you know, you really kind of helped me figure out a way to be loose, um, you know, when I'm not working, you know, figure out a way where I can enjoy the game the four days in between my starts when I'm not just go, 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 pitch, go, go, go. And, and he's like, I've learned to have a little more fun, 
you know, since you came around. I was like, you know what? I'll take that. You know, Roy, I'll take that. You know, I gave him a big hug. And uh, mm-hmm. and it was great. And that's uh, the last one. But speaking of hugs, I love this guy. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> we could listen to you talk about him all day. Don't worry. Hey, he won his 20th. Okay, we were both on 18, right? Three starts left. Okay, I didn't get much run support. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't either. But I think he got like one more, two more runs than I did. So he, And I gave up one or two more. So it was like neck and neck. I stayed at 18. And he got his 20. And we there's a picture I, I, I posted on Instagram um, when he got inducted to the Hall of Fame of us about the hug on the mound. And I gave him a hug, and I was like, dude, this is awesome. Congrats. And he looked right at me, and he goes, man, you should have got 21st. Like, right on the mound, like, right behind that. And I'm like, you know, who is this guy? <laughs> How would you say that right then and there? But that's just the kind of guy he was, man. Like, it was, it was a special breed. That's awesome. It's great to hear. So, I mean, obviously you – you played with him in Toronto. You yep. you had some great teammates in in Florida with the Yankees. Um, I I have a show where one of the segments we do is called Baseball Aesthetics, and um, it's all about uniforms and just the appearance of the game. What would you say is your favorite uniform to put on? Now, preface that with none of us are Yankee fans, so you don't have to say <laughs> the Yankees. It's okay. Right. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, I'm gonna. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm gonna have to say Pittsburgh. Um, just just because of the way that city uh, took me in. Um, I'll never forget my Yankee days. Uh, you guys probably can't see it, but you see my wall back there. Yeah, it looks, it looks like you got a lot of the, the, the section behind this thumb is Alex Jeter. You know the parade, um, everything that that has to do with the Yankees. So that's by far my second favorite. You know, mm-hmm. I've had so much fun there being around all the Hall of Famers, but. The way Pittsburgh brought me in, man, was ridiculous. I mean, just the fan base, the team. I mean, I was coming off of two, I mean, I'll say it, horrible years in New York. You know, after a decent 1-0-9, I mean, they were not good. Um, even though it just starts the season 4-0 and then just went straight downhill from that. <laughs> but uh, it was just crazy. Like, they didn't know what they were getting. You know, they, 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 they knew of me. You know, I've pitched there before, but, I mean, it was just a – a gigantic hug from that host state. Uh, and it was, it was really refreshing. And I, I think, I think that place and that city and, and that team had a big, you know, they were a big part of me uh, turning my career back around, not just what I did on the field, but I think I fed off what that, what that city did. So I'd have to say black and gold, man. I'd have to, I'd have to put that back on. And I love pitching in the black, man. I just love oh, it. It, I mean, it looks great, obviously. Plus, great. My great. Great. plus, plus all the, music. all the dark tattoos you got it all. It goes well. <laughs> Music is so mad in, in, in Milwaukee, dude, because they wear the blue ones. Mm-hmm. So then they would come in our dugout, or come in, we'd come in the locker room, and all the grays would be up. And like, if it was my star day, you see everybody in the lockers kind of like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I like to wear black. And the grays are up. I'm like, I ain't wearing this. I'm wearing black. And, you know, it's a big argument. Well, they're wearing blue. You can't wear black. I'm like, why not? It's not the same. <laughs> you know, I mean, you so, could have cut up the jerseys. I mean, that's, Well, they, they that's can wear white, message. but they know they're trying to throw me off. That, that's a little inside, you know. They, they trying to make me mad, which they do. So did. it was known around baseball that you like the black jerseys, not just with the black. Hey, the grays. They're filthy. <laughs> you sweat them. You see everything. It's just gross, man. It's just gross. <laughs> There's no swag in the grays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you also played in Toronto when yeah. in the, the period where they had the worst uniforms they've ever had. The, the black Toronto, uh, Blue Jays uniforms. Uh, to me, it was, I, I just never liked them. Uh, yeah, they, like- they, were, they were all right. The ones I didn't like much was the they were cool looking, but the blue ones because mm-hmm. they're like the old material. So it was every time you wiped your face, it was like sandpaper. So you're like just scraping off your face. But <laughs> so you mentioned uh, you mentioned earlier um, you had the like stuff from like the parade on the wall from '09. You also won a World Series in '03 with the Marlins, although you were out for most of the year. So winning the World Series of the Marlins, but you're not part of it, like compared to winning the World Series of the Yankees and being part of it, like how do those two compare? Good question, man. Um, my first day in, in, in our first day in the World Series, our workout was my first day of long tossing after my Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. So that's about where I was at on the way back. Um, to be honest with you, it was really awesome. Um, of course, you want to be a part of one more than watching. But you got to remember, I played with, with these guys who have struggled for the last four years. You know, we, we didn't win a lot of games in Florida. We had some great talent, but never could really put anything together. So to have them bring a few pieces in, like Delgado, you know, and Pudge, and 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 put a team together with Conine that to help these young. I saw a bunch of my peers 
succeed. And that was, that was overwhelming for me. And, and, and that was awesome. And, and that's why I don't shun away the 03 World Series. I'm still <laughs> proud to be a part of it because, you know, you got D. Lee and Mike Lowell and, and, and the two guys up the middle, Castillo and Gonzalez, who are unbelievable. You know, those guys, we all went through so much together. So it was good to see them succeed. But to be able to throw up a W in game two, and the World Series and the, and the Bronx is that's that was the best feeling um, in my Yankee days for sure. It was great. Mm-hmm. And the parade, it was just you look down the streets and it's just humans, you know, humans, humans. You, know, you look up on the building, humans. humans. I mean, it's just everywhere. It was, it was crazy. Everywhere. Yeah, it was wild. Like I've never been a part of anything like that before. And I'm warming up game two, and I got um, was it Jay Z and Rihanna? Is that what the song New York? Is that who sang it? Uh, Alicia Keys. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Alicia Keys. Yeah. So, yeah, she's in the outfield, you know, singing on the stage, and I'm warming up like, <laughs> what is going on here? I'm supposed to, you know? Well, I mean, that's a, that actually brings up a good question is like, th- there's so much like fanfare and yeah. big anthem and all this stuff before World Series games. Does that like throw off your your preparation or anything? Uh, it's, it's, it's mentally tiring a little bit. Um, it doesn't really throw it off. It's just long. You know, everything's longer. You know, everything takes more time. You know, you got, you know, what is it, two and a half, 250 in between innings or something like that. That's crazy. That's like double what you're used to, you know, so you're just kind of. And then uh, everything's a late game. But, you know, you, if you can't get up for a World Series game, man, you got a problem anyway. <laughs> you know, so it, it didn't for bother sure. me too much. So uh, just looking through your stats a little bit, um, one of the things I like to do is is check out how different hitters do against different pitchers and stuff like that. Um, off the top of your head, do you know what hitter you faced more than any other? Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins is near the top, but he's not number one. Number one is Bobby Abreu. I was going to say him next. Uh, <laughs> I, was gonna say, I knew it was one of those two. <laughs> I, I, I understand why you would want to remember Rollins's at-bats uh, against you more than Abreu's, because Abreu seemed Abreu. to have a little more success. Because but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jimmy just tried to take me deep all the time. You know, Bobby yeah. would hit the other way and be set yeah. up with a double, because he knew exactly. that made me even more mad. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. Um, so. uh, yeah, that's crazy. I would have, yeah, I would have thought that he was up there too. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else I would have picked. I don't know why I said Jimmy. His name just came in my head. He's up there though. He's he's near the top. It's not it's not crazy, but I mean, you figure Abreu, you faced um, you faced when he was in Philly and you were in Florida, yeah, Marlins, and then yeah. you probably faced him later on in your career as well. So faced um, him in Toronto when he was with New York. Yep, exactly. So no. and then were you guys you guys would have been on the team together then. In New York too, right? Or no, I, did you just he, miss each other? Yeah, he left right before me, I think. Okay. Where did he, where'd he go then? Did, I think he went he, to the Angels after that, right? Yeah, I might have faced him there too. Yeah, Maybe. so yeah, so just kept popping up. Crazy. <laughs> did I ever get him out? <laughs> <laughs> a few times. A few okay, times. Okay, okay, all right. He just hears that you're coming to town. He's like, oh man, I gotta get out of here. I gotta keep facing this guy. All right. You well, I want to hear that from hitters. You know, usually I don't. That's funny. Well. I, I, on a on a happier note, you hit four career home runs. That's right. Um, I'm sure you knew that number. I, 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 did. I, I did. I did. I got the I got the bat of my first one. I That's did. awesome. Nice. Um, when it comes to to you know, be pitching in the American League, pitching in the National League, did you prefer to pitch while you had to hit, or if you had uh, a DH there? I enjoy the National League better. Uh, that's just me. I think it's because of my blood. I grew up playing third. You know, I didn't. Um, you know, not a lot of people know my story. You know, I, I pitched four games my senior year in high school, man. That was it. You know, I was really? one of these guys that threw 12, you know, 12 games, 13 games. And I played third. I hit. I was going to JUCO to play third. Um, and I got saw at the right time um, by a team that we played that was bigger than us. Um, that's just how I got seen. So um, I enjoyed the National League. But I, I did enjoy the fact that you can just sit back and not worry about when you're up. You know, you just concentrate mm-hmm. on your job pitching. So I can see how – but I want to get up there and hit, man. You know, I want to get mm-hmm. up there, uh, not so much bunt, but get up there and hit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's it brings you back to Little League days, you know, where you're out there running the bases with everybody else. You know, pitchers, they'll never admit it, but they wish they could play every day, man, just like those guys. Oh, yeah. I know in the past, uh, pitchers like uh, Bumgarner and Arietta have talked about wanting to do a pitcher's uh, home run derby. Would that be something you would have wanted to participate yeah, in? Yeah, that would be great. You imagine all the – drama and bs that would go into that man <laughs> they get so mad at us <laughs> hey, i mean they always 
There's some pitchers that can hit, though, man. Them young guys, you know, it's, it's different now. Them kids are coming out of college, and they all can hit. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you mentioned Arietta because I had a little saying I used to joke around with everybody about how if I ever get up a homer to a pitcher, it's my time to go home. <laughs> and he got me my last year. He oh, in oh, Chicago. That was and the first our, one. It, well, I don't know. Was it his first? It might have been. No, I mean, that was the first home run. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one for me. Wow. And it was after I already announced my retirement. So, of course, I come on and dug out. And I was like, yeah, perfect timing for that. <laughs> I'm like, screw you guys, dude. Man. The wind's blowing out. You know, it wasn't. He crushed it. But, uh, um, yeah, it's fun. I enjoyed hitting. I got one off Rick and Kiel. That's probably my, my favorite one, either him or Lackey. But, uh I was, I was just about to ask you about that home run uh, when you were playing for the Pirates against Lackey. Just the entire like scenario of that game that game was absolutely crazy and then just to add with to it you you go deep against john lackey yeah and well you guys know a story about my kid asking for it or not no so yeah my my kids just they they come up for the summer you know because they're back home in school so they came up and my youngest see this was 15 so that's what three years ago so he's 12 i think at the time and he's like dad just go and hit me a home run tonight i'm like okay dude i will i'll try to hit you one so they're up in the in our suite over first base. And so, like, if you rewatch it, you see me cross home plate, and I point up. So I click it. It's an 0-2 pitch, you know, and he's just throwing me heaters. I'm like, okay, he's got to throw that curveball sometime, right? It's John Lackey, right? So just, he doesn't, and I just got lucky in a square when he hit my bat, you know. And um, <laughs> and as soon as I got to first base, I'm just like, dude, I just hit Ash in a home run. And I got the first <laughs> thing that got in my head when I touched first was, I hit him a home run, so I got around. That's the only way, only thing I was thinking around the bases was like, I can't wait to point to my kid, dude. He's up in, the, you know, and I look up mm-hmm. there, I point, and he's just going nuts up there. And it was the craziest, you know, it didn't happen again. Of course, he asked me to hit him another one again, but, you know, <laughs> try to tell him. Nobody that. talks he, about those when it doesn't work out. Right. Then we talk now, about now it when he, hit the home Now run. he realizes how special it was. You know, back then he just figured daddy can do it all, you know, because he used to watch BP and I could hit, you know, a couple here and there. So he's like, you can hit home runs. I'm like, no, <laughs> not that easy, buddy. So that was a really cool moment. And not to mention that, yeah, we come back in, in extra innings to, you know, to win that game. Kind of sparked a, sparked a little rally there. I remember Lackey staring at me too. He wasn't he wasn't happy. <laughs> and I know him a little bit, so it's kinda like he probably had that. Are you serious, AJ? Really? Me? You know, that's probably what he was thinking. I know you've uh, had a lot of teammates obviously going through the uh Marlins and Pirates and Phillies and Yankees and Blue Jays. Uh is there who was who was your uh biggest prankster of a teammate that you had through your years? Or were Ted, you the prankster? Ted Lilly. Ted Lilly. Ted, Ted Lilly. Lilly. Yeah, that dude. Don't mess with Ted. Well, Doc was that. Excuse me, Doc was that way, but he was just—he was like the silent assassin, you know. Like mm-hmm. he just—you you knew that if you did something to him, you're getting something back. It was just a matter of time. You didn't know that with Ted. Like you mess with Ted, it's two days later, or it's mm-hmm. five minutes later, or it's you know. I remember, you know, <laughs> he got me once, man, pretty good. You know, I had to. I cut back a lot these days, but you know, chew a little tobacco here and there. Not proud of it, but I did it on the mound and. And we were um, we were sitting watching Oakland, um, and we were both not pitching. And he was standing right in front of me. I don't know if you guys ever see. You've seen the, the stadium there, so they have like kind of by where the on deck circle is, like a little pad where a lot of guys just lean up. Right, it's kind of right before the dugout. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm back there leaning up, and he comes. He stands right in front of me, you know. And I'm like, okay. So I'm just like. You know, I'm just constantly, you know, all down his leg, like for like two innings, you know. Doesn't say a word to me. Just looks at me, smiles, goes upstairs, changes, come back, doesn't say a word. We get up and come in after the game, and uh, and I look in my locker, and my boxers that I wore the game were soaking wet, you know. So I'm like, oh, he got me back, you know, good one, good one. So I just put my jeans on, right? So I'm on the bus ride back, and I'm like, what's getting hot, man? What is that? You know, I'm getting kind of hot right now. So he had put that red hot on it. Oh, no. Set me up for it so I wouldn't have any boxes oh, to wear. Oh, man. And I was like, all right, that was my last time going with Teddy. You know, you win, <laughs> you win. But I've seen him do a bunch of stuff with a lot of guys. that uh, he, was, he was a fun teammate. He kept things loose. He kept things loose. I remember his glove toss, too, in, in the playoffs. It was one of my favorite things I've ever seen. <laughs> he had a ball run and tossed his glove on the mound. Um, but he was a good dude. He was a good prankster. Roy was a great prankster, too. You know, we, we threw the fake wedding for Russ Adams and uh, Aaron Hill. Um, cause they thought it was cute to get me and me and doc some, some shirts, you know, that had our pictures on it and said, best buddies, you know, and <laughs> doing everything together. And so rock, you know, doc comes to me 20 minutes later and is like, 
I've just got a flyby. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I've just got a flyby. You want to put on a wedding? And I was like, what are you talking about? And there's like an inning later, this plane comes by and it says, will you marry me, Russ? Love Aaron. <laughs> I'm like, this guy don't make no, he doesn't waste no time. So we start playing it, playing it, playing it. You know, we had a big gig. We had the, the, the coach take him out for ground balls after uh, a game to, you know, get more work in while we set up the clubhouse. It was, it was great. It was awesome. Cake and everything. That's great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then I became that afterwards, you know, kind of, you know, I, I did take the pie thing everywhere I went. I just had fun with that. You know, that was a great part of my career. I loved doing it. Um, Were the actual pies you used, or did you like the shaving cream? I did the whipped cream. I did whipped cream. cream. I did the shaving cream. Cream. I don't know, boys. Rex. Um, Twice in my career. So um, the first time I fighted him was uh, Jeff Conan, and he came in and said, "Boy, don't ever use shaving cream again." My eyes are burning. My eyes are bleeding. <laughs> and then he gave me a big old hug and said, thank you. And I was like, okay. So from then on out, I never used it. I used it one time in 09 when we had 15 regular season walk-offs. I think 18 included postseason. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I used to have the clubhouse guys keep bottles of, of whipped cream down there uh, right next to the dugout. And then we were out. So I had to use shaving cream on Nick. Uh, but as soon as I hit him, I was like, don't open your eyes. Do not, you know, in his ear. So he knew what it was. But uh, always whipped cream, yeah, has to be. Mm-hmm. I think Andrew Jones actually used uh, – or Andrew, I'm sorry, um, Adam. I think he used real pies, though, in Baltimore. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think hey, he actually had a company. That, yeah, you got a Moose go. fan over here, so I, I right saw plenty of it. Um, so, all right, so the, the probably the gift that um, I've seen with you in it more than any other uh, is a moment that I'm sure you've been asked about before very early in your career with the Marlins. I can see you smiling, so you know it's coming. <laughs> you know is, is the uh, the pitch through the, the window of the truck that's going by. Now, my question is this. is A, I mean, obviously, I'm sure it was on purpose. Like, there's no way that you can miss that. There is absolutely no way that ball slipped. <laughs> that ball, right, it was on target. Better than any pitch I throw in my career, brother. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, were you trying to hit Billy the Marlin in the back, or were you actually going for No, the I actually liked him. We were friends. Um, I kept, you know what, I, I – this, this truck seemed to come out only when I threw, man. Like, I, I may, or I didn't pay attention, but I could have sworn it came on the mound when I threw, and I just kept seeing this truck. You know, so I had Mike Revin behind the plate. I'm like, Mike, I'm tired of this, you know, this truck keep going around. He's like, you know, hit it. Hit it, hit it once or twice, and it'll go away, you know? <laughs> so I used to skip it. You know, nobody knew this, but I used to skip it on the left-handed batter's box, and it would hit, like, the back fender or it hit the door or something. I did that, like, three or four times, and it was just the loudest, donk, donk. Yeah. And after the last one, I came in there, and I, and I can't name any names. I told them I wouldn't, but the two veterans I was sitting down, I came and sat down, and one of them looked at me and said, boy, if you're going to hit the truck, will you hit it and get it over with? Because I'm tired of watching it. <laughs> so next time out, I hit it, you know, or it slipped, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and and never saw it again. You know, it came back the next day you know, with the Band-Aid, you know, on the back, and had Billy Marlin and all the catchers here, you know, the next day. Uh, but the truck never came back on the field, so I – Thought it was a cool idea at the time until it happened, and I'm sitting behind the mound. It's like a 10 minute delay because I'm cleaning up all this glass behind home plate. I got a rookie third baseman who's probably like, I think his name was Mike Guilon, I think his name was. And he's probably like, you know, what just happened? You know, so it was one of those moments. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. I mean, uh, it's just funny how it all, because the dude knew it was coming, so he slows down. And that's why it looks so, it looks so bad because he slows down because he knows it's coming. <laughs> And I'm like coming right at you, and then all of a sudden I got a beard to the left, you know, and it's just like, like Bobby Valentine's like, that's the greatest thing ever, you know. And then he watched it on TV, and he's like, that was the dumbest thing, dangerous thing ever. And I was like, kind of agree with you, Bobby. I kind of agree. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, some of the things you can do that nowadays, bro. No mm-hmm. chance. The good old uh, days, huh? Well, unless uh, Bry Griff, I don't know if you guys have have anything else. Um, I think yes, that, I, I think I'm I good. I had one more question for you about uh sure. so it's it's your Twitter username you had it tattooed on your neck um the tell me how you'd pronounce that the what they do the, what they do what they do okay uh, hey what they do guys you know what they do. Or, okay okay I mean, pretty much I I picked it up or I can't really tell you where um but I've been saying it for about 20 25 years like when I came into Blue Jays uh, you know, BJ, you know, he loved it and those guys. So I just kind of like, you know, walk in the room and be like, hey, what they do? You know, or I walk up to him and be like, you know, what they do? Or if you did something great, like, oh, what they do? You know, <laughs> or, 
man, they done did it. What they done did. It just kind of stuck with me. And, it, you know, I do have the tap now and the Instagram and the Twitter. So it's, it's funny, you know, my wife's like, I tell her I want to get what they do tattoo. And she goes, you should, you know, it's been part of your life forever, you know. And then I get it on my neck. She's like, why'd you get a tattoo on your neck? <laughs> like, you told me to get it. She's like, oh, man. So, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a saying that, you know, you know, use it when you got to use it, man. It's just kind of everybody remembers like when i walk in and see a bunch of guys i haven't seen 10 years or five years you know first thing out of their mouth is hey what'd they do you know and they give me a big hug and it's just kind of stuck with me i'm gonna start using it now so hey go ahead man what they do <laughs> <laughs> what they do so with with all of i mean obviously you were kind of known for having all of the tattoos and do you do you have one that's particularly your favorite or super special to you that or um, i have like probably like like three or four like a lot of them are just things i like you know obviously tattoos are personalities um i have the uh pisces and the scorpio for my wife and my kids and then i have uh I have a follow me right here um can't believe i'm telling you all this i'm this big mean tattoo guy but uh, i used to sing my boys every night when they were little and that's the song i was singing i was singing uncle cracker song uh before they went to bed the follow me song mm-hmm. um and it came a thing in our house you know we just always sing it so that i got that just as a remembrance and then i have that this big godzilla tattoo on my leg uh my son used to be an artist or he is an artist but he used die hard godzilla like i mean just everything about it so those those three things or those four things are kind of my my favorite ones the rest are kind of just aj coming out <laughs> coming out of the flesh <laughs> you know like what they do obviously so you know <laughs> Well, I'm happy the Pisces well, ones were here. I had a job where I didn't have to cover anything up. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Even though John Madden tried one time, but it didn't work. <laughs> well, I'm Joe happy Madden. The... I keep getting my names mixed up. Joe Madden, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm happy the Pisces one is one of your favorites because I got to say, that's the one that I remember seeing most often. Anytime they show you in the dugout and your hands are over the, hey, over the railing to, or anything, like it's always on TV. Right. We go back to um, – Pittsburgh games or Steelers games, you know, walk the city, you know, going to certain places and people wouldn't even ask if it was me. They just grab my arm and look at my hand and be like, <laughs> I knew it was you. I knew it was you. So yeah, it's been kind of a, kind of an emblem for everybody. So I guess I'm easily recognized. I got to wear a turtleneck and hoodies everywhere I go. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, AJ, it was awesome having you on. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, I think I, I speak for the other guys and say you're welcome to come back anytime you want. Cool, uh, if there's I'd love to do it. I'd love to yep. do it, man. That's great. That's great. So, um, for you us got here, my follow, so I'll, I'll keep I'll keep on you guys' Twitter. Make sure y'all all doing it right. All right. <laughs> I, expect, I expect some retweets and some and some likes from you. Cool, man. Try, that sounds try good. to stay factual this time. <laughs> yeah, hey, you got close. You got close. <laughs> you're you close. actually felt like you got it right, but not in my book. So I can't let you win. <laughs> awesome. we'll, get, we'll get you. We'll get you next time. Absolutely. I bet you will. I can see y'all ready to go right now thinking of stuff. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks again, AJ, and um, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. So, wow. AJ Burnett was amazing, and um, I couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, so, thanks to him again. Um, happy he was able to come on with us. Hopefully, we get him again in the future. Um as we said earlier, today's opening day, um, one of my favorite days of the year. I'm sure you guys agree. Um, and I just wanted to go through uh, our favorite moments from today. Brian, Brian, why don't you start? So I got I to gotta say there is nothing, as, as much as I am for the universal DH, there is nothing that makes me happier than a pitcher going deep. And Yuli Shasin fulfilled it on the first day of the year by taking Miles Michael as deep in the game against the Cardinals today. And I, other than Madison Bumgarner, I can't remember another pitcher going deep on opening day. So that just, mm-hmm. that got me all excited. Pitchers hitting home runs is always fun. I'm, EJ just told us how awesome it is. Uh, I definitely, what do you think? Favorite thing today? Yeah, I loved seeing Eloy make his debut. Uh, I know he's striking out on his first at bat, but it, uh, I, I think the the pressure of him finally getting to the major leagues is over, uh, and I'm just excited to see what he does now that he's here. I, I know there was no service time to manipulate with him, but it's still good for baseball that like Eloy started with the with the big league roster. Him and like Chris Paddock and Fernando Tatis and all guys like that. That's just good for baseball in my Pete opinion. Alonzo too. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. happy to see like a bunch of 
teams just go with their best guys from day one. Like yeah. I, there's obviously still some of the service time manipulation, but I mean, that's one of those things that's, you got to imagine it's going to be gone with the next CBA. Uh-huh. So my favorite thing today, um, I would love to say something about the Orioles, but come on, we all know what's going on <laughs> with the Orioles. Uh, they, they lost handily to the Yankees. My favorite thing today was, uh, trying to pick specifically out of this game, out of this Mets-Nats game. I love the battle between DeGrom and Scherzer. I love watching those two guys pitch against each other. Uh, today was the first time since 1970 where uh, opposing pitchers each struck out 10 guys in an opening day game. Uh, DeGrom went six shutout, one walk, 10 Ks, and came out of the game with the Mets leading one nothing. So basically we're picking up exactly where we left off last mm-hmm. year with the Mets. Is DeGrom pitching amazing and uh, the Mets barely holding on, but they did hold on this time. Unlike a lot of times last year, and they won the game two nothing. Um, Edwin Diaz was great in his debut too. Um, so I, I was—I'm not a Mets fan, but um, I'm an—I spend enough time around Mets fans. My uh, my buddy who I do my show Pop Flies and Grounders with is a huge Mets fan. So um, I, I'm always—I always kind of—and I'm obviously never going to root for the Yankees as an Orioles fan. So uh, I find myself kind of wanting to see the Mets do well. So, uh, I, and I, and DeGrom is just one of those guys that every game he pitches, I'm going to want to watch. So mm-hmm. to see him start off well was, was probably my favorite thing today. I'm also surprised none of us said Lorenzo Kane robbing a home run. Today. Oh man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that was, that was great. You saw his reaction afterwards. Oh, I, lo- so I love, I love that when guys get that kind of reaction, when they do something good, like mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I, under, I understand the guys that are, like, not going to, like, try to keep it even keel when they do something good. They don't want to go overboard with the emotion. But yeah. I love guys like Lorenzo Kane and, like, Keon Broxton that, mm-hmm. like, they just get legitimately excited when they do things. They do good things. And that's kind of how baseball should be, in my opinion. Absolutely. And just now, I mean, the, the most predictable thing happened. Uh, the, I believe the first player – of the 2019 season to hit a home run of Chris Sale is, of course, Tim Beckham. So, oh, yeah, oh, Every, everybody saw that coming. You got some strong feelings about Tim Beckham, Mac? Well, I, I was kind of, I was kind of uh, ragging on our, our Mariners writer the other day about how uh, the Mariners aren't going to be very good because Tim Beckham's their shortstop. Um, so just remember that. As, mu- <laughs> as good as you feel right now at 2-0, Tim Beckham is still your shortstop. Right? And I said it. He's fooled us all. He fooled the Rays. He was the first overall pick. He got to the Orioles. He was amazing for a month. Fooled us. We all thought he was going to be great. Fell apart, of course. So now is his turn to just, you know, rope the Mariners into. So I, I have nothing against Tim Beckham as a person. He's one of the most frustrating people, frustrating players, I should say, to watch um, on a consistent basis because he looks like he should be so good. He He's... He's got a nice looking swing. He's an athletic dude. Um, when things are going well, he has power to all fields. But it's all fake. I promise. It's all fake. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so obviously opening day makes you think about uh, how long the season is and, and, and how much we still have left to go. But it also makes you um, think about where we're going to be at the end of this season. So, Griff, I'll start with you this time. Your prediction for the World Series. Who do you got? AL, NL champion. What are you thinking? It's going to be a uh, crosstown classic World Series. Oh, well, Cubs socks. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think that the uh, Cubs do uh, rebound and make the series. Um, I see you, Darvish, uh, excelling in his second year there, uh, kind of overcoming his injuries and whatever happened last year. Uh, and that, I mean, that core is just unbelievable. And I think uh, they're just going to be too good to not win the NL. Uh, and I, I see probably the Red Sox getting there until I see a true weakness. And I mean, it could be that bullpen. Um, but with Deal and Dave as their uh, their general manager, I, I can't see how they could not uh, improve that bullpen come midseason to make it, make it deep run in the playoffs and uh, make it to the World Series again. I'd love to be proven wrong because I'd love to see somebody like Minnesota Twins or a surprise team like the Athletics or the Rays make it, but I just see the Red Sox 
finding their way back to the World Series. And it'll, I think it'll be a, a really good series. Uh, and I, I think the, the Cubs will make it a best of seven, but I think the Red Sox will come out on top. Brian, what do you think? Well, true to form in the National League, I got to take the Rockies. Um, and for once, I don't think that my claim is completely off base. The Rockies have one of the most potent offenses in the league. Um, if you go de- if you go down through their lineup, you got Charlie Blackman leading off. You got Daniel Murphy hitting second, Nolan Arenado hitting third, Trevor Story hitting fourth, David Dahl hitting fifth, and Ian Desmond hitting sixth. And I know that Ian Desmond isn't necessarily the player that they paid him to be, but having him in your in the sixth spot of your lineup is pretty good. And if Ryan McMahon can keep carrying what he had in spring over to the regular season, hitting in your seventh spot, or you move him up in the lineup, then you've got one of the best one through sevens in all of baseball. And for once, they actually have some pitching. Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, John Gray could not possibly be as bad as he was last <laughs> year, and neither could the bullpen. You got uh, Mike Dunn looked good during spring. Wade Davis had some blemishes last year, fair, but he's to still... To be fair, you lost the best piece out of that bullpen, so... Maybe they could be as bad. Yeah, as I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. Ottavino was really good, but I think Wade Davis had his season basically in his, his ERA was pretty much inflated by a couple like really, really bad outings. It wasn't like he was that bad all year. Mm-hmm. And then in the American League, I got I got to go the Yankees. It's going to be a double pinstripe World Series. The Yankees, I, if when you compare them to the Red Sox, I think their offense is just as good, if not better, particularly when they're fully healthy. But two things that the Yankees have that the Red Sox don't, I think, are, uh, first of all, depth in basically all positions. And they have one of the best bullpens in all of history that just got compiled over the offseason. You got Dylan Batances, Roldis Chapman, Zach Britton, Adam Ottavino, Chad Green, Jonathan Holder. That that's just unfair. Yeah, it's a great bullpen. Um, so who do you, who do you got winning it? Yankees, Rockies. I, I, I it hurts me to go against them, but the Rockies would not stand a chance in that World Series. The Yankees <laughs> Yankees would take it in five games. Nice. All right. Well, um, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit because uh, I I also have the Yankees going to the World Series. I think. Uh, when you look at the, the the season they had last year, they won 100 games. They um, struggled a little bit come playoff time, but they were going against a, an all-time great Red Sox team. And when you they set the all-time record for home runs, and Aaron Judge spent some time on DL, now IL. Um, Gary Sanchez had a terrible year and was hurt. Stanton was pretty good, but... Even that wasn't quite to where he had been the last couple of years before that. And they improved their offense with in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, obviously Didi was a big part of last year and everything, but um, I think that the Yankees were a great team last year and only got better this year. You see them pick up Paxton, uh, the bullpen you already talked about. I, I just I I just don't see many flaws with that team and and the, even the starting rotation that has been you know much bandied about and talk you know people say that the Yankees need another pitcher need another pitcher I mean when you have a bullpen like that you can there's cut not, games down to five innings you know yeah, there's not C- much you need out of your starting pitchers yeah if C- if CC can get into like you know through five there's no reason for him ever to start the sixth inning of a game basically absolutely unless, not. There was an 18-inning game the day before or something like that. But I really think that the Yankees are, are in really good shape. I think it's it's a it's a testament to how good of a GM Brian Cashman is. Um, and it drives me crazy because I've been rooting against the Yankees my whole life. But I just I – can't, I can't be blind to the fact that I really think that they have the best roster in the league. Uh, in the NL, it's – I want to – I'll go with it. I, I, th- I think the Cubs make it. I, I've taken teams that both of you guys had in your in your World Series. Um, I think the Cubs um, are being slept on massively this year. I, I don't really understand why. They have pretty much the same team that they've had for this run where they've made the playoffs. What is it, four, four years in a row now? I think so, yeah. And um, I, I, I just don't see why there's things like Pakoda 
predicting them to win, I think it was 79 games. Like, yeah, it, it, how could you project this team so to be under 500? Exactly. There's no chance at exactly. all. Maybe you say Javi Baez regresses a little bit, but Chris Bryant was hurt Terrible. or struggling like in, in because he was of, hurt for almost the entire year last year. Yeah, in terms of his no- normal production, that's that's a terrible Chris Bryant year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and like Griff, like you said, they get you Darvish back, who – I don't know. I personally think you Darvish is before last season, obviously all the injuries was one of the best pitchers in baseball for a long stretch. And I, maybe it was partly because he was pitching in Texas that people didn't really notice him as much, but, um, and, and the blow up he had in the world series in 2017, people just have forgotten about him and they're like, ah, he's nothing. But he's again, one of the best pitchers in baseball when he's right. So if they can get that, um, the offense is going to be great as always, uh, and I think that I think that they're going to come out of the NL Central, and I think that they're going to get through the playoffs too, and I think they're going to beat the Yankees in the World Series is what I think is going to happen. Interesting. Okay. So maybe that's a little wishful thinking, but... That's just you not wanting the Yankees to win. Yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I picked them in the AL. I, I, I gave them that much. That's Don't much make as, me pick them in the World Series. That's as much as you can do. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I guess that's going to do it for us here today. Um, uh, my, uh, you can find Diamond Digest on Twitter. It's uh, Diamond underscore Digest, and um, my Twitter handle is at Denac thirty one. Brian, yours is Brian underscore Slosh. That Slosh. That's S L O S H. Okay. And Griff. Uh, that's a good question. You don't even know your Twitter handle. All right, well. Well, we're going to skip you then. That is good radio right there. Uh, but uh, obvious, <laughs> obviously, um, our uh, we really bank on our, our writing at Diamond Digest, diamond-digest.com. Look it up. Go on there. Every day there's, there's articles for every team. We got guys covering um, – I think we got people covering every single team in the league now. Uh, mm-hmm. We got previews for almost every team that are out. Uh, there's some that are, some that are still – trickling in um in the first few days of the season um surprisingly releasing 30 team previews in one day probably isn't the best way to do it so we spread them out a little bit uh but we do a lot of other fun stuff on there too we got power rankings we have um other podcasts uh that have done shows so definitely check it out and follow us retweet like everything we do because you know we're working hard and we're, we're trying to put out some some good content and um the more the more you guys respond the more good stuff is going to come out of us so um for brian and griffin i am dennis and uh thanks again for listening to the diamond digest podcast